Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing great. We are back in New York City after a week in Los Angeles. Yes, it is cold. It is miserable. It is... It's back to normal. Let's see. While we were in L.A., we were out there for Grammy Week, and we did a lot of podcasts. Yeah, we were on Food is the New Rock, where we talked about whether In-N-Out is better than Shake Shack. We did Tall Tales with our friend Jason Stewart and Nikki Jaggerman. And we talked about Ja Rule and Ashanti. Which and whether they would make out. We did the No Jumper podcast with Adam Grand Mason. Yeah, and, and we talked about everything. That was, that was nuts. We talked about our run-ins. We talked about people who don't like us. We talked about... People we don't like. Yeah, yeah, lots of different things. And we also did... Friends Without Benefits. Yeah, that was a really fun one, too. That's on the Sideshow Network. Go subscribe to that. Check it out. That was a lot of fun. Also, we went to a bunch of parties. On Saturday night, we went to a thing called Culture Creators. Uh, There was one here in New York. This one was in Los Angeles. Shout out to Joy Brown, who put it all together. A lot of people in the building. Chris Rock, Skrillex, Diplo, Estelle, Peter Rosenberg. So we're at this party, and... It should be known, I do not like L.A. hats. I think they're dumb. I don't like the wide brims. I think everybody's trying to look like Fleetwood Mac in the 70s or like Future. And so this guy comes up to me, and I'm talking to him about this, and I point to two guys who are next to me who are wearing these dumb hats, and he then tells me that those are Jam Master Jay's sons. So good call by you. Yes, I said those were the only two guys that are allowed to wear those hats. So Jam Master Jay's son comes up to me and he says, what do you guys do? And I say, oh, we're hip-hop sketch comedians. And he goes, hip-hop sketch comedians, does that mean that you draw rappers? And it's really amazing that in eight years of doing this, we have never been asked that question. So (laughs) shouts to them. Yeah, very creative. Catch us in Times Square doing caricatures of, uh, of rappers. Yeah. Today's guest on A Waste of Time with It's The Real is none other than Asher Roth. Yes, he has a new project out on RetroHash.com. You can find everything Asher Roth on RetroHash.com. So go there and tell him It's The Real sent you. If you want to find more It's The Real, where can they go, Jeff? Uh, SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time or iTunes. We are easy to find, even though somebody online said that we are not easy to find. Who said that? Some guy. I can't find him. But (laughs) you can uh, check out all of our past episodes And you can rate, download, subscribe, tell friends, tell anybody, even if they're not their friend. Lots of episodes. There's like 41 of them, I think, now. This is going to be the 41st. Wow. Wow. Classic 41st. We made it. Perfect interview. Fire. Yeah. I don't know. You want to get into this? Yeah. When? Now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Waiting on the Elevator, a.k.a. I'm on one. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Breakdown the Dutch Fast, a.k.a. Germany. Yo, what up? This is Asher Roth, a.k.a. Eat My Vegetables and Make Smoothies in the Morning. Yeah, and this is a waste of time with this the real. What up? What's up, guys? What's happening? Long time coming. This is a real long time. Real long time coming. Um, this is supposed to happen in 2009. <laughs> if not earlier. Yeah, yeah. true. So how are you? I'm alive. I'm Good. alive. Fresh out of tennis. That's Yeah. So. yeah. Physical activity. You every really, day. you really were playing tennis. Yeah, uh, singles, doubles, singles, singles. Usually, I just go hit balls against the wall because, yeah. like, uh, down that's like a metaphor for life, isn't pretty it? Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> just keep going. Uh, and there's just like a little white line you try to keep it above. Again, that's just sure. a metaphor of life. Just keep it right above that. <laughs> I white want line. you to just like keep giving out like major keys to that. Totally, <laughs> I got you. I'm here for you. So, uh, physical activity in the morning and just try to like burn off. We danced yesterday, so a little all that. Just dance, tennis, drink some water. Yeah, sure. That's my life. This is a yeah. good way to live. Yeah. So yeah. Are, are you living out here? I am. I moved to L.A. in 2013. Right. 
But and I, I didn't do it right. Like I, I, when I first moved to LA, I, I lived on Pico and Barrington, which is West LA, which is like just far enough from the beach to not go to the beach. Right. <laughs> so you're just like kind of in this like industrial area that's not the beach, and you're just like, okay. So I ended up going back to Philadelphia and living in Philly for a year, which was tight because. You I were right it. by the beach. Yeah, I was right by the <laughs> beach, and it was just one of those things that made you okay. Let's go back to LA. Yeah, and I love Philly to death, but it's just kind of, there's just kind of glass ceilings there, especially in the world of entertainment. So, came back out here, but I, I ended up moving in with a girlfriend at the time, so I didn't have like free reign. Of she LA. wouldn't let you go to the beach. It was just it's one of those things. Of, yeah. yeah, you yeah. can't go surfing. You Is know? this just like my memory, or or were you living in New York at a time? Too? I was. I yeah. was. I lived in New York for about two years in the Lower East Side, East Village, uh, gotcha. Second Street between First and A. We and definitely walked by you one time on the. The upper west side mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. you moved around mm-hmm. you were you were here there and everywhere well yeah and like the, the the some of the people i was saying with like uh in the ex-girlfriend that i was with she was up there and um you know new york's pretty small at the same time so it is you, it's really easy to hang out in the upper west side and still live downtown totally yeah so you know you, Listen, guys, you guys are still there right we're still yeah, there still in the upper west side. Um, still in we've been Island. out here a week and we dealt with the rain yesterday awesome you're lucky we had to drive from Santa Monica to Atwater um, Village and the entire Google Maps was just yeah, red it was like absolutely not it's don't even try it two hour drive it was the worst but we need that man LA needs water so bad but you see Why? how beautiful it is today well hold up why yeah, do you need water <laughs> right 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 let's talk Dumb. about this well no let's, let's, let's be real honest here Asher are you taking shorter showers because you're concerned absolutely about not oh yeah, yeah absolutely your hair is far too yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> but my shower right. game, it's weird. It's like, I'm not one of those people that's like, unless I play tennis, it's, it's like, cause if I have a, I have a fairly rap life oriented life. So mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm studio and chilling and, and watching splat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much, those are my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. You wake then, up at 6 PM. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then Thursday kicks in. It's like, I feel way guilty about how lazy I've been. Let me go play some tennis for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Make me feel yeah. way better about like, myself. Yeah. And then you start getting real judgy about other people who totally. don't play tennis. Look at all these, look at all these people who do nothing with their lives. <laughs> so like that was, that was one of those things. But, um, it's funny you guys brought up the water thing. Cause yesterday I, I, I tweeted, I was like, yo, water's adhesive and cohesive. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. And it's like, Water is water is something we should probably go deep into and talk about the importance of. We and should how dive California, into it. California uh-huh. steals from the Colorado River and yeah. Colorado and all that. So. Man. It's in trouble. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost I didn't want to say anything because I wanted it to sink in for all of our listeners. Sink yeah. in? Who were, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, we're going to be fighting war over water and if we're not already. That is true. But here's my thing, yeah, guess who's hoarding a bunch of water bottles in his apartment? <laughs> yeah, look at, look at the single-use plastic in this place, first mm-hmm. and foremost. I know. Look at that. If we could just look at this. You guys are terrible people, actually. Right. I might need to leave this podcast. That's yeah. all us right there. <laughs> We've just been here for hours chugging drinking water. water. Well, <laughs> to be fair, it's a little bit Howard Hughesian. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm part of the Plastic Pollution Coalition, so I'm going to report this. Yeah, you did not You did not bring your own like Nalgene bottle here. That's true. And I was the first to open mine up. Yeah, so. and, and you I said... I was up, saving mine for people who actually need this water. Meanwhile, Asher guys, has look, like... you don't play tennis, guys? <laughs> seriously? Asher has like a sprinkler on the tennis court that he just like runs through to hit balls. <laughs> totally. Like. And then I get on Snapchat and I'm just like... <laughs> mm. Man, I'm out here working hard. That's right. Mm. So you're originally from from Pennsylvania, but right. not Philly, right? No, Morrisville. So I grew up in the suburbs about 25, 30 minutes north of Philly. By the We're, way, you're such a Morrisville guy. Such a Morrisville dude. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. What's, what's near there? Oh. Like, is there a mall or something? That's Trenton, Wawa? New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, Trenton's beautiful this time of year. <laughs> yeah, Trenton. 
Oh, my God. Yeah, so we, I'm, like, right on the Delaware River. Calhoun Street Bridge kind of breaks up Morrisville and Trenton. So we would go across just across the bridge to Trenton and get our alcohol when we were young. Because mm-hmm. Trenton was, like, in an ID. Right, there it is. Yeah, no, it's Whatever, legal in New Jersey. So, yeah. totally, yeah. so, And the only other good thing would be gas. Like, we would go across for gasoline. And have true. them pump your gas because in New Jersey you can't pump your own gas. You got it. Yeah, so you, you just like it. that sort of, oh, they're serving me. Life hacks. <laughs> yeah. Life hacks. Living by Trenton. Yeah, so you, you grew up there. Mm-hmm. You're, how many siblings? you have two i have two older sisters and so, you're the youngest yeah i'm the baby boy so that's why i'm golden because father's only son okay mother's only boy so okay. m- mother's baby boy so it's like by the time it got to me it's just like do your thing so <laughs> it's it, it kind of in a weird way it's like not to get too serious about it but in a weird way like that kind of coddling and that kind of like letting you kind of get away with anything um I, it might hinder your work ethic in a, a little. So it's like, you know, instead of having to go and get it, it's kind of things are, are, are brought to you and there's a lot of yeses and it's kind of like whatevers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dad, for the most part, is the authority of the family. So he would try to, you know, he did a pretty good job of making sure, like, know when to say no and, and things like that. But if I got grounded or anything, uh, my mom was always like, you know, the back door's open, like, go for it. But uh, same thing. It's like pretty... Wait, she wanted you to run away? Yeah, basically. <laughs> She's like, yo, you can get out of here. So... It's like when I first got my first C, because I'm a pretty, I was a pretty good student, and then I got a C in like math or something, and then I didn't get in trouble. And after that, I was just like, whoa, I'm just going to coast. <laughs> You're going to tell me I can just get Cs and not get in trouble? Like, this is way easy. But I guess in a weird way, that was good because, you know, um, ironically, with the whole I love college phenomenon and stuff, it's probably good that I didn't get too deep into academics and education because it is kind because of Because it fueled the, the song. Well, yeah, and it's a <laughs> sham. It's a total, like, I, you know, even from the popularity standpoint, yeah, I do, for, I do love it. It's great. It's, like, rad. But at the same time, you know, on a, on a serious note that, like, the water, like, student loan debt and all that stuff, and it's kind of serious. So we're trying to basically flip that on its head, whereas... I don't think that I'll ever be able to escape the that's the Isle of College dude from Morrisville. You know what I mean? I don't think that's going to go away. So uh, instead of trying to, um, you know, work against it, work with it, try to flip it on its head and, you know, start doing more public education initiatives and help with student loan debt uh, alleviation. Are you out here just to work with Jaden Smith? I'm trying, man. I really am bummed, like, because he's got the whole uh, feminine thing where he can, like, pose with a bunch of beautiful girls and right. have roses in his head. I'm <laughs> sure. like, why not me? You know what I mean? Why I not think, me? I think he's living in New York right now. So Is maybe he? you guys yeah. just, like, switched coasts. Yeah, I think he's got a beautiful girlfriend, too, I'm pretty Look, sure. Man. Um, by the way, sure. I just read, I think, a, a meme or somewhere... Some somewhere on the internet yeah. it said that Jaden and Willow are the flipped versions of their parents' names. Mm-hmm. So it's Jada, Jaden, Will, yeah. Willow. Whoa. Didn't ever realize that. It, no, like, that that gave me like a real like. I do like how you're getting like your facts from memes. <laughs> I always get my facts from memes. Yeah, there's like the Jim Harbaughs of the world too. It's uh-huh. like Jim, John, Jack, and Jackie. Right. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff freaks me out a little bit. Or like George Foreman and all of his kids. Does he have, they're all for, George Foreman, right? Yeah. yeah. And like one Georgina or something. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's an interesting tactic. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if I'd go that route. No? I think It's I'm, not too late. I would go more the Gwyneth Paltrow naming my kid Apple. Right. Route, yeah. Just like sort of like search the room and be like, yeah. uh, curtains. But you know, yeah, you know what's interesting exactly. about that is that like, so Jay and Beyonce, uh, their child is named Blue. Obviously, uh, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow's child is Apple. Apple. Mm-hmm. Kanye and Kim. Have... I feel like I'm playing Pyramid. Right? No, no, this yeah, is good. Yeah. This is good. No, no, but Kanye and Kim have Saint and North, right? Mm-hmm. But like to us, 
it may seem a little strange, but when they all go to their private school together, right. it's just normal. It's right. just like, oh yeah, that's north and that's blue and yes. Yeah, the but weirdest one them, has yeah. got to be blanket. No, does Michael Jackson's child blanket? is that weird anymore? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's a that's a, that's a serious looking around the room and being like <laughs> blanket. That's yeah. not even like a a name. Right. Really. So, so if, none if, of them are names. If, yeah, you're, if, you're, if you're a girl who like grew up and like are angry at your parents because they named you Kate and you really feel like something right. else, like you know, you sort of have to take a step back and be like, yeah. I'm not blanket. You know, yeah, I'm not blanket. It's I guess it's maybe a cool rap name. Did you have any Blanket? nicknames yeah, growing yeah. up, or were you like Asher? That's just what it is, and I'm good. Yeah, I, I mean, because again, when when you're young, I was like, oh man, like Asher is such a weird name at the time. So you're young, and you're trying to fit in. I remember wanting to change my name to Mark. Mark, yeah, mm-hmm. with a what? C or with a K, I or with a Q, with a K. Or the Q. Yeah. Wow. With a Q would have yeah. been would have been tight. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like was Marquette. I wasn't yeah. that precocious though, so I was like, let's just go with with a K. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Mark with a C was even a thing. <laughs> By the way, Mark Roth sounds like a, an accountant. Oh, yeah, a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. seriously. That's CPA. Funny. That's yeah. right. Would Scooter have signed Mark Roth? I don't know. I don't know, but even coming up, I remember the first lawyer that I had was just like, you can't go with your name, Asher. It's too Jewish. And I was just like, first of all. Or not yeah. Jewish enough. Yeah. By yeah. the way, you're not Jewish. I'm not Jewish. Yeah. And that's what people like. Prove it. So I have. <laughs> so I have. Um, I have Jewish blood from my father's side, but you know, the whole thing, like basically my grandparents, uh, my dad's parents, um, he was a, a captain in the Navy and they wouldn't let him rise in the ranks because he was Jewish. Is that right? Yeah. So his, uh, he came back kind of to his children and was like, I don't want this to ever happen to you guys. Like, I don't ever want you to not be able to do the things in life that you want to do purely because for religious purposes right. and religious affiliation. So, and, and then so he that's ended, how you're able to play tennis that's now. That's how I'm able to play tennis, to, you, you know, and drink <laughs> bottled water. Yeah. yeah. So it was really interesting to hear that, like, cause, uh, again, kind of being raised in a secular household, but like, all of my girlfriends have been Jewish, and it's just one of those things as you grow up and start to question, like, your identity. And, sure. Like, what do you identify with? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and from my experiences, the Jewish, uh, the Jewish religion is something that people hold dear for identity purposes, and right. they, they identify with being Jewish. Yeah. Um, I just did it for the bar mitzvah. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> the a, bar mitzvah money, right? Time. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting for me, especially coming up in the rap game, because you see it on Twitter all the time. It's like, shout out to all the Jewish rappers, and, like, what am I supposed to do in regards to like? Because it's almost it's you more retweet of a it. Conversation. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. It's like hell yeah. Because even Scooter and Steve Rifkin, like both of those guys, were like, I'm signing a Jewish rapper. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I'm not gonna be like, well, guys, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll just revoke the whole deal. So right. I was just like. I rode with it, and even in high school, there, uh, I won an accolade like um, what, superlatives. Best Jewish, yeah. Like Wait, mo- what? It was most likely to. It's amazing, man. We got to find this. So yeah. most likely to get a record deal, and I, I, uh, I, I landed that, and I had a shirt on that says Jewish rapper. Uh, <laughs> everybody in high school thought I was a Jewish rapper, so it's just like turned into kind of this more, more or less inside joke. Yeah, just like we'll ride with it. But anybody who's done research and and wants, it's not like. It's not like I, I trick people into thinking I'm Jewish, which Wikipedia Although, did repeat. It's amazing. The I mean, guy who's wearing a Jewish rapper T-shirt, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, I, never, I never told Maybe anybody I was Jewish. But see, it was made for me. You know what I mean? This dude, Matt Fox, made it for me in like the art school and put it on. I was just like, all right, let's, yeah. just, let's ride it out. Yeah, but you, you, you were, it to Rick Ross. You were just representing yeah. for some other Jewish just rapper, not representing, just yeah. for um, rapping. Yeah, we we grew up. It's funny. We grew up in an, like a mostly Italian town, mm. and our you know, we are Jewish, like our mother and father were mm-hmm. Jewish. And I feel like we just, the only Jewish part of us really is like, sort of like our sensibilities. It's not like necessarily we relate to stuff that we would learn in like the synagogue or like, you hey, know. speak for yourself. No, no, but it's yeah. true though. Like we were bar mitzvah and that was about it. Like after 15, we were like, that. 
mom and dad, we're out. Like, we're done, you right. know? So it's it's mostly, like, you can relate to certain people based on their sense of humor or, like, different, like... Yeah, we're culturally Jewish. Do you, yeah, you feel obligated or are you going to marry a Jew- Jewish woman? I no. don't think we feel obligated you don't feel like obligated that. To no. I almost want to, uh, you know... Really put it out there. No, I will not, I will not marry a Jewish woman. Um, and I feel like I feel like yeah. our cousins actually were sort of like pressured into that, but then they ended up. Well, we we have three cousins, like uh, one girl and, and two guys, all brothers and sisters, whatever. Mm-hmm. The two brothers did not marry within the faith. The girl did, but I, but I feel like they were pressured at the beginning to yeah. sort of move mm-hmm. in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it is real, but I think I think slightly moving away from that. I just, agree. Just Overall, in general, yeah. our generation. Totally. It's one of those things where we're kind of, it's like values, morals. Even though that is instilled in religion, it doesn't necessarily mean you're aligned just because you kind of hold the same title. Right, right. So you're in high school, you're not really caring about academics too much. Right. What was your first job, by the way? Uh, my first job, I was working at a natural food store stocking the shelves just because my sister and my mom were there. So okay. I was like stocking the shelves. So that was like the first thing. I was like, oh, you can earn a paycheck. But I was were you working na- at a commune? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it was called Big Bear Natural Foods in Morrisville. And it was like, it was. Cool. I mean, it's just one of those things where it just gave you the, your first taste of like get up and and go somewhere. Sure. And, like you have to be there. But like I've never been that dude that's just like, oh, I want to let me get a job. Like I remember my sister was like babysitting at 11, 12 sure. years old, and she's great and she's like really organized and she's doing her damn thing. And she moved to Seattle and like that is cool. But I mean, I did. Big Bear Natural Foods, and then I worked at Red Lobster as a really like, the alley coordinator, whatever Expo or whatever it was, like putting butter. Uh, but again, it was just like <laughs> hollering at the hostesses the whole time. You know what I mean? And like sneaking out and like checking out what, the games that were on TV. And like I was never very, ne- uh, very rarely present when I was in a workplace. Did you date any of the hostesses? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or did you have to tell HR Wait, or like? Oh the- no. After, after, all while time. dating any of the uh, Red Lobster waitresses, did mm-hmm. you after say having sex, did you bring them to Red Lobster as Beyonce has? <laughs> I think so. One, I think so. I, I, what, I missed that whole Red Lobster thing. What happened? She said, if you, I, I will fuck you right and then take you to Red Lobster. In, is that a lyric in a song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it just came sad. out. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> cheddar biscuits are legit. Yeah. And, yeah. and like Red Lobster's business went like, Way up right after yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, the cheddar biscuits are, are very legit. But it's funny, man, because like all those – like I worked at Best Buy after that. And like you, you – in working in I guess retail, but um, there would be people who – like the chefs and stuff were all rappers. You know what I mean? Look at action. You know what I mean? Sure, That's yeah, yeah. very similar to – some of the chefs were all rappers. So they would – in in a weird way, you build confidence through those little odd jobs because Best Buy too. Some of the, they were singers, yeah. And you would talk and you would like you know mess around and you'd rap and do all these things, and they would give you kind of like these little experiences and like hey, keep going. Mm. Also, it's it's way before like any level of being jaded, mm-hmm. For you know. Sure. So like you're not gonna like turn someone down like just like off the jump, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, sure, I'll collaborate. I'll yeah. do something with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Because what is it, you know, what do you know, right? Dude, on the first project that I ever put out was an EP called Just Listen, uh, EP that I recorded when I was like 17, 18 years old in Philly. and uh, at, a, at a real studio? At a real studio. Cool. It was like my first experience is the, the guy who put it all together, his name was Matt McGurk. He, was, he went to high school with my sister. Like just all like very internal stuff. Uh, and again, like huge for me, like on the outskirts, it's just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. But those are really small necessary steps in like getting those experiences and recording in a studio because with the internet and all this stuff like now i feel like our generation from so i I graduated high school in 03 so 
I, I just turned 30 this year, so I have like I'm still very youth driven. But I, I come from a generation where we still had to use encyclopedias to do book reports and right. things like that. And I am so thankful that I grew up in my generation, probably our generation, mm-hmm. because we have those experiences of like we needed to do. We had to go through. I wasn't born with an with an iPad in my hand, so I don't know how that's going to affect like the eight-year-olds of now, mm-hmm. but I see even some of these 21-year-olds, yeah, they're like way cooler than I was at 21. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you kids are so cool. But um, I'm really, really happy. I mean, even the TV shows that we had, just way doper yeah. than, than what's on TV, and uh, except for obviously Netflix and like the more mature television. But I mean like the cartoons. <laughs> yeah, except for all these like options that are clearly yeah, there exactly. and these great television. But, but our, you know. our, net, our network and program television was pretty awesome growing up. But So uh, what were your references like on that first oh, project? I thought you were going to be like, Asher was like really into oh. Darkwing Duck. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, what yeah, I was going to yeah, get yeah. to was the dude that sings on one of the songs alone, which is actually kind of what got the attention of like just local kids. Well, mm-hmm. This is more locally. He was a guy that worked at Best Buy with me. That's dope. He was like, yo, you want to sing on this hook with me? And he's dope. His name's Tave Hall. Shout out to Tave, man. Uh, And I'm sure he's doing well. But again, those are just natural things along the way. Again, you're not jaded about it. You're not like, I'm too good for this. You're just like, hey, man, you want to work? Let's work. And I think uh, I try to keep that. Uh, because even though kids kind of approach me all the time, I'm like, hey, man, you want I got beats. I got beats. And I'm like, no. Right. No. <laughs> Uh, but I try to I try to ride the uh, the say yes theory for sure. What were you rapping about back then? Like uh, your your life experiences or inside jokes between you and your friends? Yeah, or see, man, it's really guns. tough. <laughs> like I I feel like I'm actually coming into a better place. Like a, a lot of kids will get on and you're like, damn, you you see stuff and like, oh, Nas did Elmatic at 19 or mm-hmm. whatever it was, and you're just like, damn, like this is such a young man's game. But um, I'm. Wait. Not to cut you off, but that is a meme where <laughs> where Nas uh, raps, you know, Illmatic at 19, and Chief Keef raps, you know, all of his stuff at 16, and right. our our generation sucks or whatever. But right. it, but just real quick, here's something that we talk about all the time. I love Two Chains is my favorite rapper for a whole bunch of reasons. He's someone who made it He's late amazing. in rapper life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was Titty Boy back uh, in the day, uh, and he, you know, was Luda's hype man, and he... Was behind the scenes for a lot of the time. And I appreciate Two Chains so much more now. Yeah. Actually, when he first came out, I was like, "All right, like it's fun." But now, like seeing how everybody has jacked his whole shit, basically. Oh my god! It's just like, yo, this dude wildly influential and really clever and funny. And by the way, you know he's at the top of his game at you know his late thirties, right? Exactly. So it's, so it, it's I think it's evening out now. Totally. But these are just things that we go through as rappers when because it's and, and artists in general. I think it's hard not to look around and. And compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. And you really do have to come back and just go, I'm just on my own journey. And like, this is what it is. But it is. I mean, we work in a very competitive world. There's a new act every two seconds. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, what's this person doing that I'm not? And so on and so forth. And and until you come back to just, I, I'm just going to do my thing. I'll be all right. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, my life experiences when I, when I first was, was rapping, it was just kind of like wordplay mm-hmm. and relationships, you mm-hmm. know? And now, just recently, have I been able to look at the world and develop genuine opinions and thoughts and ideas. And it's nice having my dad, who's like, so he's, he's really critical. And like, I play this game of like how to impress Dave Roth, which is cool <laughs> because I know the stuff that he's just going to be like, look, this is super low brow when it's just like titties, titties, titties. And like, there's room is that for the hook? that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huge, huge. It's actually number one, right? <laughs> uh, on a bullet and rising. But those, uh, and I know like my dad's going to hear that and just be like, you know, but like really, there is yeah. there's a part of me at the same time where I want to make sure that I'm contributing. I'm not in a, especially being a white kid in hip hop music. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. there's you, you a lot of people, and I'm sure you guys have seen it a lot too. Where 
um, when when you have a sense of humor about it, and when when you keep it light and you keep it fun and you keep it accessible, there there does come into come into play of like, well, what are you doing for the culture? You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, how are mm-hmm. you moving it forward? Are you right. contributing? Right. And that's the stuff that more that I actually kind of care about. And while I do at the same time think that I'm what eight years later still here, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily top forty and in in the immediate conversation on MTV of hottest rappers. But if someone goes, "Yo, what about Asherah?" Like, yeah, he's tight. I'm not mm-hmm. mad at that dude. So we've just got to figure out how to put it all together now. We've done like the really fun, accessible stuff. We've we've also done kind of the indie route with the retro hash that was more feeling based and music based. Learning to use white space because rapping, if you look at the lyrics, it's a lot of words. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like and then I'll, I'll listen to a Beatles. Record record or whatever a doctor dog or I'm like man these dudes are writing complete songs in six words right yeah like this is not fair how do I do that <laughs> but you also have to kind of come back to be like you have to do do your thing right you know so I'm I've been really finding myself since that 17 year old fake Jewish rapper so now a 30 year old fake Jewish rapper <laughs> and, and really finding where I fit in in this game because you know the Macklemore's the Mac Miller's the Action Bronson's the MGK's those guys didn't exist in 2009. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. It's a whole new world for me to kind of reintroduce myself and the 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 game is going to look at you like do we need you? You know what I Wait, mean? Wait, the, the the rapper the game? No, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> but like the rap game will look at you and be like where do you fit in? Right. You know? mm-hmm. And if you don't fit in, you're over here. And right. That's cool, but again, I'm I'm I want to contribute. I want to be a part of this. This is something that is is a community. Uh, we're all a lot of us are friends. We all kind of came up together, and it's weird because you're seeing, you know, the cutties of the world, and uh, um, and you know, Chuck English and Chuck English for what it's worth, and all those guys. We all we all came up together, and there's a uh, there's a soundscape there that we do feel responsible for. Mm-hmm. Who um, when you were first coming out, like were there black kids showing up to your shows? Or was it just yeah. mostly like a white? It was mostly white, but yo, what's crazy now is that like a, ma- a majority of my fans are black right. kids, man. Like that's yeah. what's been like. I feel like your your sort of journey has been like a very like weird one. It's like Benjamin Button, I guess, in a weird way, right, because yeah. you started out very old, totally, yeah. <laughs> very very, very old. old. <laughs> we we spoke at a college back in New York mm-hmm. uh, before we came out to L.A. this week, and we were telling the kids that look, I started I. When I was in when I was in college, I was like, I'm going to be a feature film writer and director, and, mm-hmm. and life is not a straight road, right? Mm-hmm. And the the scripts that I wrote back then, which did not sell, and I was so shocked that they didn't sell, right? Mm-hmm. They were so heady, and they were just like, I had no worldview, right? And I think you have to live your life to find out what your voice is and what your point of view is, and that matters so much more. And that's why I think you're coming into your own now, and you're like, oh. Of course, that's what I did at a certain age, but you figure out and you go through all these things and they make you into the person you are mm-hmm. right now. So that's why you can win right now. Mm-hmm. That's why we have found out like you know, who we are and what our voice is. And mm-hmm. it, it all comes together at just the right time. Totally. So I, I really believe in that. You yeah, know? I agree. Um, so, okay. So you're, you're 17. You're, are you playing around Philly? Are you playing around Trenton? Yeah, uh, like it- we would do – it was kind of local. We would do um, – <laughs> And then Westchester, obviously, when I went to when I ended up going Westchester, to Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, Westchester, yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. Not our so. Westchester. Yeah, we're yeah. from Westchester, just north of New York oh, City. Oh, there you go. The Dig. Yeah. Those get confused a lot. <laughs> they do. There was a band camp thing at Westchester University. Yeah, yeah, that like all the bands would go to. So I went to Westchester because I wanted to be an elementary school teacher, and like still kind of do. So uh, Westchester is, is like a business and teaching school, and it's just like I thought I had it all figured out. I was just going to be in classes with just babes, and then I was going <laughs> to go hang out with four year olds, six year olds for the right. rest of my if life. If I know anything. 
thing about teachers is that yeah. they get a lot of pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're paid, bro. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. super paid. They live a really easy life. Uh, but yeah, that was what I wanted to do. And then like probably, I guess like 18, 19, um, the rap stuff. So I started taking semesters off from school and I would go to Philly and I would hang out in Philly and I would record. And this is like, um, at Larry Gold studio. So I got really, I got introduced to the roots crew really early on and dice raw and all those guys. And it was, it was cool to be around that. And that's something that's always, you know, live music and instrumentation and, and growing up with a, with a mother who's in a jazz band growing up. And then, uh, my grandfather being a trumpet player and a pianist and all that kind of stuff has always resonated with me. I didn't know. It's just like something that like you hear and you like it. So being around the roots and those Philly guys, it's just like, wow, like this is really cool to me. This is tight. Um, but then, yeah, I guess, uh, I, I guess what? Uh, fast forward a little bit. I'm in school on and off. And then uh, around 2021, 20, um, I'm in school, I guess like kind of halfway through. And I'm like, damn, I, I promise you this is exactly how it went. I'm like 60 credits in. You have to get 120 credits. I think they changed it. But halfway through and i'm like damn i gotta start taking school seriously like this is it like rap is super whatever you know my my space was on at the time uh and it's just like nothing's really happening it's just kind of recording and a couple shows here and there around the tri-state area but just like nothing that's like cool um and then scooter braun well, okay, calls. real quick. Who is anybody in charge of your career before Scooter? So Matt McGurk was the dude, but again, like, and no slight on him, but he he has that syndrome of like he wants to be in front of the camera, mm-hmm. um, which is cool, but mm-hmm. it's just like it's the same death row puffed. If you don't want your manager all up in your videos, <laughs> right. you know, dancing and shit, and that was just one of those things. And so, like, what's funny is that I feel like Matt was my my like uh, trial run for Scooter Braun, mm-hmm. like got me prepared to go deal with Scooter. So right. if any, anyone, anything prepares you for Scooter, <laughs> it doesn't, man. It really doesn't. And like, if anybody knows Scooter, um, and and kind of like, he's a whole another beast, man. And I met him when he was twenty five years old, and an ambitious, just hustling kid in Atlanta. He kind of did the same thing. Went to Emory, uh, was was promoting parties and kind of getting the in with all the stuff, and and then Jay. Um, Jermaine Dupri found him mm-hmm. and is like, hey, help, help me market So So Deaf. So, you know, he's part of Jaquan's Tipsy and all of these records and gets in with Usher and all this stuff. So, you know, he sa- he sees my Facebook um, with a with a record, the MySpace and the Facebook with a record that was about family, coming from a good family. And Scooter has family tattooed on him, so it's like huge for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, wow, I've never heard a rapper rap about coming from a good family. So he reaches out via So he reaches out via Facebook to my boy Tom Boyd who has who has we have like 75 people in a in an Asher Roth fan club on Facebook and he calls this number and this is a day after we had just thrown a huge party for our boy Joseph Gambaluca and he That's what uh, a last name. name. Seriously last name. <laughs> That's got to be Italian. Uh, but yeah, we throw we a party. <laughs> we have all types of noise violations and, and Scooter calls Boyd and goes, "Tell me everything you know about Asher Roth." And like, tell me everything you know about you. <laughs> and Boyd's like, yeah, right. Hangs up because he thinks it's the cops. Because we had like, we got a bunch of noise violations right before. So Scooter calls back, gets on the phone with Boyd and goes, this is the most important phone call of your boy's life. And so wow. I, I'm sitting a threat. there. <laughs> I, yeah, pretty much. So Boyd like, he's like, all right. You know what I mean? That's, I, this has never happened to me before. No one's ever called my phone and said, this is the most important phone call you're ever going to receive. And I'm sitting down in my room, literally in this in this place of like just just broke up with the chick that I was like with whatever, and I was just like, damn, too many noise violations. For too her. many noise yeah. violations, and I'm just like, you know, 
I got to start taking life somewhat seriously if I'm going to do anything. Uh, and Boyd comes running down, you know, <laughs> skipping steps. like, yo, bro, you should talk to this dude. So I get on the phone. He sends me over, oh, my God, some of the most amazing photos of him in, like, this lavender unbuttoned shirt on a couch with, like, girls. If he, if he, When he finds and hears this podcast, he's going to be so mad we brought this up. But it's important we, for your that's journey. That's right. We yeah. brought this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. This is all your fault. But, uh, you know, and, like, the same, he's got pictures of him and Andre 3000 and him and Ashton Kutcher and, like... <laughs> You, you, you get the point. He's like Butterfingers, the way he drops names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a wheeler and dealer. So I'm like, you know, coming from a small town in Morrisville, Pennsylvania, and being in Westchester, Pennsylvania, you're kind of just like, tight. This is cool. Yeah. Like, what's up? So we talk about music and blah, blah, blah. And he basically says, yo, if you can get down to uh, Atlanta, um, the BET weekends are coming up, and we can I can get you in front of some important people. And that's all I said. And I flew myself down there. With wait, wait. Growth. So, like, immediately you're just like, yeah. Yeah. Say yes theory, man. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like, wow. it's just one of those things that, like, I rarely say no to an adventure or, like, and I'll, I'll check it out. And, like, I feel like I have a pretty good head on my shoulders. I can get myself out of sticky situations when that happens depending on what's happening. But I've done a pretty good job of being able to, like, kind of disarm uh, situations. And just talking to this dude, you didn't feel like it was a threat. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go down to Atlanta and check it out. And By the way, I like I like that you gave like no thought to this. That shows that you're not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, it took the last money that I had in my account. I was just like, let's let's check it out. Because I wasn't, there was nothing that I was in love with at the time. There was like nothing that was keeping me in Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? So you it didn't wasn't, love Morrisville? I didn't love, I was done, man. <laughs> After Little League Baseball, I was done. <laughs> so I know that's hard to believe, but... Uh, I, I, yeah, man, I just flew myself down there and like, I walk in Scooter's apartment and he has me like holding up mirrors and it's so funny, man. If you have him tell this story, Wait, what? Like, he's got me like, he's trying to decorate his apartment Oh, and Scooter first and foremost, I'm not knocking them. These are just facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a huge picture of himself. I mean, enormous. I'm talking about like what, like, uh, like Eight, your arms like are spread a, very like a wide. Six, a six by ten <laughs> photo of a painted photo of him walking the beach behind his couch. So it's, so just, it's just like Ben Carson with just like him. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Just him but walking him. in the yeah. sunset and like in deep thought. Sure. I'm just like, okay. Uh all right. So I walk in, he has me like holding up mirrors and he he tells me that well, I was just trying to make sure he was humble. But I'm like, no way, dude. You were like having me help you interior decorate your apartment. You're like, <laughs> yeah. does this look good over here? I'm like, yeah, that's a good spot for a mirror. When he and said I'm a great interior decorator. He wanted to so. put you in front of important people. He meant him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's just like, well, actually, I just flew you down here to make sure that this mirror is in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and uh, so he, 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 he stayed true, man. He, he introduced me to the DTP team. So like Shaka Zulu, yeah. Ludacris, uh, Jeff Dixon, and, and those guys. And... Um, what does that entail? Are you rapping in front of those guys? Yeah, and like I didn't really have any recordings. I didn't have, you know, I had this EP, but it was just kind of like whatever. It wasn't like did anything. you do like the the typical white rapper thing where like you just start freestyling like in a just like looking around the room like I'll like, tell say, you what say anything, I'll, I'll I'll rap about anything. Yeah, yeah, but it is one of those. It is a very weird like you think about American Idol or anything like that. It's really bizarre. Like you get up there and you're supposed you have like maybe 15 seconds to like impress a person yeah. right. if they want to invest in you. Yeah. It's like really bizarre situation. And like, that's what the music business is kind of strange to me because it is like in, in a weird way. It's like, you're some, 
you're like some trophy or a possession or like you're like you're a product. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I walked in shock and I was rapping. I ended up rapping, um, you know, this joint that was like, "I'm here for the fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, for the guilty, the innocent citizens, and the immigrants." It's something very conscious. Mm-hmm. And they weren't interested at all. Like when we were talking about just being white rappers, and when I started rapping about that kind of stuff. He put his phone down. He's like, whoa, this is tight. And the same thing happened with Q-Tip. Q-Tip heard me rap like a very kind of conscious thing uh, and invited me over. And that's, that's Q-Tip. Q-Tip is a, is a strong critic. So well, these are not like just anybody. Right. Yeah. These are real legitimate. So are you like freaking out? Yeah. Well, I think like everything happens so fast. And again, it's at a time where social media wasn't huge. Twitter didn't exist. Right. Like there wasn't this like instantaneous like all, all this noise going on so i think at the time q-tip was a little bit of of, a freak out for me because i'm huge tribe fan and like all that stuff but even then like when you meet these people they're just dudes right Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of like what's up yeah you know very rarely i don't know if i andre 3000 was one of the dudes that i met and i was just like you're you're an alien (laughs) but even like people that don't get the shine like knots raw who i work with a lot that Mm -hmm. dude is an alien if you met him you would actually not know how to interact with him he like throws you <laughs> off whereas you meet someone like q-tip and it's no knock on his artistry he's amazing but like you meet him he's really relatable mm-hmm. he's like oh dude what's up like <laughs> so but yeah i was kind of taken aback by like this is crazy i've i have not and really dedicated myself to rap it wasn't something i fully committed to and even it, that didn't really happen until recently it wasn't like I was like, man, I'm in love with rap. I want to do – this is all I want to do. I just want to play my guitar even if it's just for 50 people in Maryland. Like, I'll just <laughs> play it. It was never like that. Um, so, yeah, I started kind of getting these attention. And even Jay-Z, same thing. Rap for Jay-Z, Rockefeller. Um, R.I.P. Shakir Stort. Shakir yeah. is the one that walked walked me in there. Was there a chance that you were going to do like a Def Jam thing? So, yeah, so he was president of Def Jam at the time. Jay-Z was. They walked me into the office. That was kind of surreal. Meeting Jay was weird because – He's not that tall, but he felt like he was like seven six. Right. <laughs> you know, just like you felt like you were looking up at this dude. Did you meet Shake down in Atlanta? Atlanta yeah. Okay. So Atlanta still is and was and, and has been for a while a hotbed. So like everybody's kind of always down there. That's where I met Cannon, did the Greenhouse yep. Effect Volume One yep. and all that stuff. So Atlanta was huge for me. So that move and getting on an airplane and going down was a huge step and just like, okay, you know, let's let's try this. And that was kind of like just getting into the ocean. But um And how how do you meet Don Cannon and DJ Drama. Again, so I guess Cannon was part of that party scene in Atlanta. And so Scooter, like, he makes himself known. Scooter's not one of those dudes that's going to sit in the corner and check everything out. You know, he's going to get in there and be like, yo, I'm Scooter. This is what I'm doing. He wants to get you in front of the cameras. You need to be a part of this. Yeah. yeah, he wants to dance in the videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is, dude. If you go to Ludacris's stand-up, mm-hmm. he's da- he's the fire marshal in that <laughs> in that video that's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's got that in him. And, like, it's no knock. It's just, like... You know, time and a place. Sure, right? but it's a, again a huge, huge quality for um, for when you need a cheerleader. It's like somebody that I've learned Scooter and what he's done for my career in the early stages was so instrumental because he was like everybody wrote me off just purely off like what I look like, purely yeah. off what I look like. And there's no space. You need for to this. lose weight. That yeah, was the problem. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're way too big. Like this isn't gonna work out. Um, but he was. So instrumental in being like, you need to listen to this kid. He did the same thing with Bieber. He was like so passionate and so like he could convince other people Mm -hmm. when people weren't down to be convinced. And if you have a bulldog like that on your team, it's like it's the best. So, uh, I mean, you know, that's it's not an accident that I was able to to get a deal like 
for a while it is like you do feel like man if it weren't for so and so I wouldn't be anywhere and there's something to that but you do and I know Justin's probably felt this at times because uh, the the industry and the business does make you feel like without them you're nothing mm-hmm. uh, and you do have to have that conversation with yourself that you're like yo you're really fucking talented and like you're good at what you do and like go be great because I think when the in- when you come into the industry as like a kid or an impressionable young adult they do make you feel like you need them and to a certain extent they're right they have incredible resources they're plugged in all up and down with the media you know if you're on their team you're they're going to put you on TV I think too this is before like we talked about it's before a lot of social media stuff totally man and before technology allowed you to if you wanted to if you if Asher Roth at 21 started making moves right now mm-hmm. You wouldn't necessarily have to deal with a label. Hundred percent. You could do everything yourself, market yourself, mm-hmm. find out the analytics, and know where to tour, where to sell, and everything. At the time, that wasn't the case. So this is huge because now I love college happens. So mm. we're in Atlanta, and I moved my friends down there with me to help the transition. So Boyd or Brain, guys who are on the mixtape, these are homies. My boy Shannon, we're down there chilling, and at the same time, man, Biebs moves down. So we're just getting started, and I think. The Greenhouse Effect, which is just all recordings from our basement, comes out, Canon hosts it, and um, then the Beebs moves down. So Beebs is huge on Canon, the song Canon. He knows mm-hmm. all the lyrics. He comes over, and Scooter's like, I got this 13-year-old kid, like, he's over dog, like, <laughs> like, this is going to be big. And we're all like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. We're playing Mario Kart ripping bongs, <laughs> and he comes in with his mom, and we're like, okay, cool. So he hangs out with us. We have him rapping on Canon and everything like that, so... Super homie, and we're we're hanging out in the basement. We want to go to Mardi Gras, can't go to Mardi Gras, so I'm like in a weird space in Atlanta, kind of like, man, I want to go back home, sort of. I've been down in Atlanta for a year, don't really know what's going on, so blah, blah, blah. I miss it. I miss school. I miss, I, I love college. I want to go for the rest of my life. That's a journal entry. I, I, I Canon hears it, Canon's like, this is dope. <laughs> the dude who recorded Scrappy hears it. This is the day of the Super Bowl when the Patriots beat. Oh, when the Patriots lost to the New York Giants. Yeah. on the catch. Yep. yep. We go uh, over and 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 basically turn that song. Like we might have something here, and everyone's bugging out. And I'm like, this song is terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe you guys like this song. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Scooter, Scrappy, all those dudes, Cannon, like, yo, you got one. Like it's time, and. As amazing as that was, and again, something that I, I still think is an asset because if we can turn it in turn it in the right direction as far as helping public education and that that's a good thing. But I start to get typecasted, you know, and you're just like, okay, you're just the Isle of College kid. And where I think was where it went awry was it was just banked on a song. Mm-hmm. Right. There was no plan. And even if you look at if you go and check out the single artwork of I Love College it is the photoshopped face of me from the XXL cover. Mm-hmm. So there was no thought of art direction. There's no real plan. And t- to your point, you know, you like, I didn't have any control over how I was being marketed. I remember you go on the internet, you type in my name, and you see me in a college sweatshirt mm-hmm. with a collar on, holding my phone, looking up like disgruntled. And I remember exactly like we're doing this photo shoot, and I'm like, what is it? Like, this is so like obvious you know this is very obvious there's other really fun photos that were taken by my boy Hannibal that I thought were really good but the one that got passed around was me short hair you know a very hateable character you know a very much a dude that if I was like objectively I would look at that dude and be like no way no way but 
yeah, man, I was in a position where it's just like, shut up and let this happen. Right. And so I did. And granted, super dope. And then Lark on my go-kart comes out and so, kind of gives okay, a so little. Yeah. You, you were on uh, SRC okay, at the yeah. time, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, we're shopping the deal. Uh, and Scooter, Scooter's doing his whole thing. He basically says, because Steve Rifkin wants to bring Scooter in to do marketing for him. And, you know, Scooter in his amazing ways parlays that and goes, I've got a really dope kid that I need you to meet. And if you don't like him, you can punch me in the face. <laughs> and if you know Steve Rifkin, he's like, hell yeah. Like, yeah, I would he, love to punch you in the I, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will punch you in the face. I will punch way. you. Yeah, yeah, either way, I'm going to punch you in the face when you get here. Yeah, not a friendly guy. So, yeah. So he comes down. So he flies me out. And, like, I have to, like, rap against one of his interns. Like, this weird, like, Mortal Kombat. Like, what? What? It was weird. It was bizarre. But that wasn't even anything. So, like, again. <laughs> was, the, was the intern good? Yeah, he was pretty good. He All was right. cool. Okay. He, like, he was, it was cool. It was and like, that it intern was, turned out to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, man, it was, it was. It was like this weird like Mortal Kombat scene, and it felt, felt bizarre, and nothing really happened then. And then they, that night, they had a company like Christmas dinner, uh, like a holiday dinner or whatever. And like, so I was invited to it. The and Jewish rapper, yeah. As the Jewish rapper. <laughs> and like, uh, so I'm sitting there and kind of hanging just kind of as part of it. And then Steve gets to me. And like, I guess if you're new to the company, you had to sing. And I'm just chilling again as an observer. And he's like, yo, you got to sing. I'm like, what, bro? And like, but again, say yes theory. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to get up. And I sung Ain't Too Proud to Beg by wow. The Temptations. And did you do the dance? A little bit, a little jig. Just yeah. like very shoulder, very shoulder oriented. <laughs> but claps. that's when... I think that's actually what got me signed because from a charisma standpoint mm-hmm. and stuff like that and just like being willing to, to perform, yeah. um, Steve turned to Scooter and goes, yo, let, let's do it. And that, those are the parts of the story that never get heard. Sure. You know what I mean? And I Love College wasn't on at the time. And again, I had no real recordings that were that were a basis to, to sign a record deal because mm-hmm. it wasn't like, whoa, this kid's an extremely talented musician. Like, this is amazing. These are amazing demos. Like, let's sign this kid. I got signed off of like intangibles of hmm. like you're charismatic, people like to be around you. Let's see what we can do with this. By the way, you said those are the parts of the story that never get heard. I hope you don't mind. We're gonna cut it out. Okay, cool. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do, yeah. whatever sells. You know, I know you'll just take the titty, titty, titty part and just, just like run it. that. Yeah. yeah, we're and gonna Photoshop totally your cool. face and make it look real hateable. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, please. But yeah, man, it's just such a bizarre start to a career. Did you yeah. think that that? Things would go as fast as they did. No, I had no idea. And even, I mean, the song broke on MySpace. So, like, I Love College comes out on MySpace, and it just starts to spread. And from, I mean, even from there, like, this is how fast it happened. I Love College comes out, and two weeks later, the Woody Awards are happening. And in they put, Austin? No, in, in New York. Oh, okay. So, and it happened so fast, they had already closed their whole thing, but... They were like, we need this. So I opened up the Woody Awards in the Maryland sweatshirt yeah. and the, the little hunter hat or whatever it was. <laughs> and that was like right off the jump. So after the Woodies um, with the cool kids and Q-Tip and all of this stuff, like, bang, now we're in it. You know, we're, Isle of College is like this thing. Um, and I had to link, I ended up linking with Oren Yoel, who produces mm-hmm. a majority of Asleep in the Bread Isle. And here we are with this mission of, You've got I Love College. Now, good luck making sense of this. Yeah. So like you have to legitimize. You've got you to work backwards here. And this is so my whole, which is so dope about where I'm at now, is the first time in my life I'm on offense. Mm-hmm. I've been playing defense for six years. Right. right. Which is chill, but at the same time, like I've learned so much, but for the so long I've been like, oh shit, like being reactive. Well, to be fair, if I know anything about football, 
It's that games are won on defense. There you go. Hey. And I have I've learned invaluable lessons, man. So I'm I'm in a great place. But um but yeah, man. So I love college is this big song on MySpace and now we've got to figure it out. And we do blunt cruising, you know, like a joint that just complements it right off the bat. Again, just kind of like young, fun, smoking tree. Um, and then Cannon, Cannon and I did la di da. And then like um, I'm laying on the couch and I hear these boom, 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 these real lazy, sloppy drums. And I'm like, yes, I love sloppy drums. <laughs> and turns into Lark on my go-kart. Mm-hmm. And Lark, I think, was the first sign where hip-hop kids were like, all right. Let's see what's up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because there was references, there was wordplay, there was mm-hmm. word manipulation, like technical skills as right. a rapper. They're just like they were like, okay, so this kid actually can rap. There's some shit here, but yeah. but at that point, I love college is wildly polarizing. You know, it's like a very slow. Do you blame that on the Jim Jones remix? No, I actually thank God for the Jim Jones <laughs> remix, and he did come out on spring break with us. But like, which is, I mean, doing push-ups with Jim Jones in a in a hotel room in Panama City, like, wait. What? <laughs> real. It's real. Uh, Freaky Zeke was there. Oh, wait, did, did, Dude, sorry, did, I'm telling you, did stories Did Rifkin like, pin you two against one another? Being like, <laughs> well, who's going <laughs> to yeah, do more push-ups? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's, oh, man, what a, what a time. But, yeah, I mean, like, but those guys, again, man, like, how cool is it for Jim Jones to embrace it? I mean, yeah. I'm down. Totally. You know I mean? So, well, he loved college. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did a semester. Like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Let's go. Um, talk about the double the XL cover. Yeah, again, same thing. Kind of on the, the Woodies, it just kind of was like... Were you even there, or was it just Photoshop? No, I feel like it was Photoshop. <laughs> so they, it happened they, so fast. they put you all in one room. Yeah, really funny story is that... Uh, yeah, they put us all... I think it was kind of the first year they did that whole roundtable thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they sat us all in, and everybody's kind of talking, and everyone's got their opinions and stuff. Um, and that's cool, but I mean, really funny story about the XXL is like, everybody shows up with like stylists and <laughs> alternate clothing, and I'm like, what? Like, I, like, I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I just show up and they have to like give me a shirt and pin it in the back because um, it's too yeah, big. Yeah. Like, so tight. And that's so, why like, I'm just like kind of peeking through. You know, they, they can't like see you my can't wardrobe. So you're, yeah. who, else was, who else was your year? Uh, so on that cover is... that Wale? Wale is on there. B.O.B. is on Charles there. Hamilton. Charles Hamilton. Uh, Cuddy. Cuddy, right. Blue. Yep. Corey Guns. Jesus Christ. Ace Hood. Ace Hood, yeah. Mickey Fax. Okay. Weird year. Yeah. yeah. What, Only um, because every single one of those people is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Well, it's well, super bizarre. Like, you're, and you're meeting all those... Did you did you meet anyone before then? Uh, I feel like I would met... I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like I had a relationship with B.O.B. Mm-hmm. Um, and Currency. Currency oh, was currency's on Currency's crazy. the best, man. Currency's and, the best. Yeah. Ace Hood isn't crazy either. I shouldn't right. say that. Yeah. 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 So, but every, every other one. But, yeah, wild ones. And, uh, like... Are you guys interacting with each other? A little bit. Again, like, rap is weird, and it's... I don't know if it's always been this way or what, but, like, you know, it's it's slightly competitive. So, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people are there, like, eyeing everybody up. Yeah. yeah. But it was cool for me because I'm pretty sure I was... Yeah, I was the only white kid there, so everyone was like, this kid must be something. You know what I mean? Like, it must be something. So, that... And, and that was chilling. Ultimately, through my career, for the most part, a lot of people have shown respect, mm-hmm. which is great because it can be a place that, like, you know, as artists, you're, we're insecure, man. We're insecure kids. We're like... You go through that process of like, oh man, I'm a fucking genius. Like, this is a great idea. And then like, right when you're about to put it out, you're like, this is terrible. I should not do this. This is a really bad idea. I suck. I quit. Um, But for the most part, I've had really good experiences with my peers and elders and and people who have just always kind of hit me with the like, keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, 
that's pretty good for a kid from Morrisville, Pennsylvania, because there's multiple times it'd be like, stop. Yeah, just, just stop. Just go work and, at a Wawa. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, go back to Red Lobster. So, yeah. where are your parents in all this? What do they think? Well, they my dad. the WXL freshman cover, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, you, your mother opened the back door and you ran down to Atlanta. Yeah, like, basically. That's the last they saw of you. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, the cool thing was is that on paper, my dad having to say, you know, and be like, my son dropped out of school to be a rapper. On paper, that was like, this is bad. But there were enough kind of lily pads along the way that he was like, he would just keep quiet. I'm like, let's see where this goes, Hmm. you know? And my mom was just a really supportive woman. Like, she's just like... What about your sisters? My sisters started to dig it when they're like on a cover. They're like, you know, because they get bragging rights. Like, I'm a brother. You know, you're my little brother. But uh, it's just weird whenever you get into that position because then they start, oh, do you know Pete Rock? Well, my boyfriend's a huge Pete Rock fan. Will you get? I'm like, no, like chill. So that that balancing act. But again, man, a lot of a lot of support through through the times, which is I I, I really do attest it because uh, when we do get into those fragile states and when you just do want to give up. You need people to say, hey, man, keep going because right. you're not always able to say it to yourself. Right. I don't know if you guys have ever been in there, but sometimes yeah. you just get to a point uh, where it's like, man, where is this going and what are we doing? Of course. Yeah. But so we've been we've been doing this for eight years. That's what I'm saying. We kind of all came up together. Yeah. 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 And it, it although weirdly, we didn't like know each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, when we were supposed to do a video with you. I don't yeah. know if you know this. No, I remember early on when we were supposed to do a video together, but Scooter was in this weird like protective phase of me and I don't know if that's what was happening with you guys okay so what happened was Scooter reaches out to me on Facebook Mm -hmm. says hey can we get on the phone I said sure and and you hadn't dropped yet this is before before the mixtape yeah the greenhouse Mm -hmm. fact he reaches out and he gets on the phone with me and very soon into this conversation he tells me I don't know anything about hip-hop and I was like that's a weird right weird thing to say but then I was like I ended the phone call and I was like hey like yeah like we're definitely gonna try and make um this this video work the thing about our early videos is that we were very good at making fun of the idea of certain celebrities. Like we could we could take a trope and twist it slightly to the left, right? right? right. So if you had, it was harder to break artists, right? If you had like a Bun B or a Cameron or the clips come in, those are known figures, mm-hmm. right? And we could take what they're known for and twist that. Cool. It was harder for us to take somebody who was just about to break. Mm-hmm. And introduce them and have them play a character. Mm-hmm. Play themselves, rather. And mm-hmm. so we were like, okay, like we want to do something with Asher, but if we can have him play a different mm-hmm. person and just be like Asher Roth as. Mm-hmm. Was college, college wasn't out or anything? No, no, like no. This no. Oh, okay. Got you, got you. We, 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 we wrote up an we idea. A, yeah, we wrote and an we idea submitted and we it to, to Scooter. And he was like, yeah, like I, I just don't think this is going to work. And we were like, okay, fine. And then a few months later, <laughs> um, we heard... That he was sort of like talking shit behind our back mm. and competitive world, man. Yeah, yeah, but but like to us, we were like, that's not cool, and we don't want to rock with people who, feel you me? know, like you know. I feel you, bro. We were like, we were like, if we're gonna spend our time on something, we'd rather spend it with people that we couldn't agree appreciate. More. So or or that appreciate us. I couldn't agree more. So then, and uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not very proud of this, but uh, at your listening party, at your listening party in New York, mm-hmm. we were invited by the staff because mm-hmm. you know we were somewhat in the scene. Right. You know, we show our face. We're not like anonymous, like you mm-hmm. know, Twitter eggs. You know. Right. Um. So we went down there and just honestly to support and to see what was up. Mm-hmm. And Scooter like cut us off as we showed up there, and he was like, "Oh, you guys are here. That's awesome." And so then uh, in the middle of the party, he came over and said, "Hey, like I want to do a video with." Asher and 50 Cent going at Rick Ross. Because you guys were coming out on the same day. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And so he was like, here's here's my thing. I think like this could be great. We'll we'll get them together. You guys write it. You guys like visualize it. Mm-hmm. And we'll go together. We'll go after Ross and it'll be this big thing. And I don't know if he was like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that that was ever going to happen, that it was realistic or whatever. But we're like, hey, man, like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't feel right if I didn't mention this. Like, we heard you were talking shit or, you mm-hmm. know, about us behind our back and we just don't appreciate that. And we're it's the real like we can't be fake. Like, you know, yeah. we, we just want to be straight up. Absolutely. Like, and, and he pulled out his um, Star of David chain. And pointed at it and he said, on this, He's I was like, never. I promise. I'm like, no, no, like, really, yeah. like, we know, we know, we, these are people that we know and trust and have known longer than you. Right. Like, they're telling us this and, like, you don't have to, like, yeah, yeah. bullshit us. Like, right. we're just, and then it sort of devolved into this thing where I ended up yelling at him. Mm-hmm. At, at the end of your party. party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I was so drunk at well, that time. But I'm just <laughs> like, if, if I had to do it over again, and obviously, like, you know, you travel this life and you learn from things, I definitely wouldn't have yelled and right. I definitely wouldn't have done it at, you know, on his his day, really your day. But right. like, you know, he's he's your guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done it there. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, it did attract quite a crowd of people who were already like about to leave at the end and they were yeah. like, oh, let's watch this, right? Um, and then the next day you guys are the biggest thing ever. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's the real shit's on Scooter Braun yeah. <laughs> um, at Listening Club. Oh I God. did see Scooter at, um, I saw Psy perform oh, yeah. Gangnam Style mm-hmm. um, at the Today Show three times before 8 a.m. Because Jeff okay. was covering it for the Village Voice, Super right? Yeah. And um, and he was there and everything was fine and then we saw him. So, so, so flash forward, you know, seven years or whatever. Last year we go to the Billboard Awards. Mm-hmm. And somehow we ended up at the same party. It was at Taylor Swift's villa. It was our first time in Vegas, right? Look at these, look at these oh, stories. It was the crazy. Taylor Swift villa setting. Let's well, go. And, let's and get by the way, this. just know that we, from the moment that, because we have history with Kanye and all mm-hmm. that, so we were going to take his side regardless, right, right? Right. So when he charged up, we were just like, okay, that's that's what Kanye does. Mm-hmm. But we like really did not like Taylor Swift, and then we end up at this party. And Is this she, the MTV after? After getting on stage and saying no, but I'm saying I'm saying since that point, oh okay, like okay. we yeah. just didn't like, like Taylor. We, we because put out gotcha. this song against her gotcha. in 2009. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, we're at the same party, and so from across the room, Scooter sees me, mm-hmm. and he makes a beeline towards me mm-hmm. and gives me the biggest hug. Yeah, he He's, hates when people don't like him. Yeah, well, he's not a big fan of that. So he he gives me a huge hug. He's like, "I'm so happy to see you. Like everything good." And I'm like, "Yeah, like great to see you too." And I'm like, you know, genuinely like happy to see yeah. him. I don't have any bad blood with him, and yeah. I don't think he, you know, I saw him at the side concert. So then he looks at Eric, who's two feet away, and keeps moving. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, All right like I don't, yeah, yeah I, I was fine with it. I was like, you know, totally. If it were to go either way, but it was just like that's that's about right. But yeah. yeah, I do think it's weird that we never did end up doing the video. I don't think it was because of... It, I mean, maybe maybe it might have been because of that. I don't know. I think we can do a better video now. I think yeah. so, too. I think we're farther along in our lives. But yeah... You, we I, don't need you to play a character this time. Yeah, we can do what We have more, much more to work with. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. We have a lot more to work with. But totally. yeah, I remember uh, around that same time, we ended up doing that like uh, on, on Hot 97 with Peter, uh-huh. where we played... Rock, paper, scissors with Rick Ross and like did all those little games. Okay. Do you remember? Did you ever I, see I don't, that? I don't know this. Yeah, so I don't know how. But like, I do I know. Came, I do know that Peter was a huge champion of you. Yeah, yes. I and mean, really like rocked what, for you. What Peter does initially, he's going to hate on uh, the white rappers at first. Hated so, on like, us. He hated on hated everybody on at first. But Peter and I have been able to develop a pretty cool relationship. Totally. And same with us, too. But he sent I'm, us an email being like, hey, like what you do is cool, but it could be better. Yeah. <laughs> when we had him on the. I mean, you know, we went to his wedding. We're great friends with him and his wife and the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, that that did happen. And we read the email when he was on the podcast, too. I mean, he was like, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I subscribe to the same theory that you guys. It's just like, 
the entertainment business is pretty crazy. It's filled with a lot of like noise and nonsense, and I just want to do it with people I appreciate and who appreciate what we do. Right. And, like, I keep that very simple. That's really kind of my mantra, and so far, so good. That's great. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, so do you get caught up in, in all the, the craziness during that first tour? I didn't, man. I, I didn't really sleep with that many women. So okay. just no, no, like, but like, did you yeah. know what to make of it? Like, could you see up and down, like in the in that tornado? No, I mean, absolutely. The dopest moment was that first House of Blues show in Boston, uh, riding out on that little Escalade to lock on my go kart, and just <laughs> watching three layers of people all have their hands in the air. Whoa! And like that is an addictive thing. Like it's like doing whatever drugs for the first time, and you chase that high for a really long time. And I just remember. Everyone's always asked me, what was your favorite show? And I could always do like, oh, this little one over here and blah, blah, blah. But that feeling was like, whoa, this is real. <laughs> like, this is really happening. And like, you guys know the lyrics to this. Like, oh, my God. This is God. crazy. So, again, I had my friends with me. Boyd and Brain uh, were on tour with me. Uh, Caesar Augustus, who I had known for a really long time, was doing um, that was was uh, doing all the filming. And so I had a familiar group around me which kind of kept me in a little bit of a bubble. Yeah. So I wasn't... That had to feel pretty good, though, it right? It did. It did, because... Because like, you're winning with your friends. Totally. And even Recognize, who, DJ Recognize, yep, who's still with me him. to this Love day. Yeah. Shouts to Rec. He's amazing. He just got engaged, by the way. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. For yeah. sure. Um, even he and I linked up, and we were kind of immediately friends. Like, we both are huge fans of Ray Ordonez of the Mets, an old shortstop. Totally. Of the Mets, oh, yeah. And uh, Nick Van Exel. And like yep. those are our two favorite like athletes growing up. And when we learned that about each other, we're like, well, we're best friends. So, <laughs> is it because both those guys play great defense? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. There it is. So, no, because uh, Ray Ordonez has a terrible bat. Terrible bat. <laughs> like career one. That's really funny. You're, you're, you're from Philly. Outside Philly, you love a Met. You love, uh, I mean, you traveled around, but let's say yeah. like a Nugget, yeah. and you're a 49ers fan. Yeah, like, man. man. you're just all over the I'm place. I'm all over the place. Well, see, there is a method to the madness. My <laughs> father, um, from the West Coast, ended up going to Stanford and was Bill, a big Bill Walsh guy. Mm-hmm. And my my grandparents are Queens. They're Queens, they're Queens people, so it was actually New York Giants. So New York moves to San Francisco. My yep. dad's a big Willie Mays fan. Um, I even have a photo of me as meeting Willie Mays when I'm really young. So no my kidding. dad's my dad's kind of a baseball football guy. He didn't put me on to anything else except baseball and football. And he he was uh, he just loved Bill Walsh and he loved Willie Mays. <laughs> so the the two girls, my sisters, are, by the time I popped out, I was like, here's Jerry Rice, here's a Jerry Rice jersey, yeah. and let's watch these Willie Mays highlights. And it was just like. Cool, and then I had Barry Bonds, and I was just like, I'm a Giants fan, you know. And and the Niners were dope when I was young; they were killers. So, uh, yeah, my my father raised me Niners, Giants, and then I just and Jewish, uh, yeah, and then, I cho- <laughs> and then I chose Sixers and Flyers. Um, um question: uh, You went to Diddy's house? Did go to Diddy's house? What was that like? That was crazy. Again, that's when social media was starting to like, and I was just, I, Memorial Day, Miami. I'm like. It'd be dope to be in Diddy's house. James Cruz hits us up. And like, You're in Miami. Let's go. Um, it's just bizarre, man. It's just a bizarre. So I know, like Puff is just like he wanted to check me out. He wanted to be like he wanted to size me up. I mean, like, what's this all about? And I roll like nine dude deep because I'm like, yo, let's go to Puff's house. Yeah, Everybody, like, everybody's, like, everybody's like, yeah. the squad is coming. Like Shavlik Randolph is there. You know, what I mean? <laughs> Shavlik Randolph's cousin is there. Who we drew a huge penis on his back. All this is online. So Puff, we draw a huge penis on Shav's at Puff's house, and he comes outside. He goes, "My man, 
what the fuck is that on your back? And he has, he has no idea, man. This is all online. So, like, he's completely embarrassed. We sit down, have a steak dinner with, like, Buster Rhymes and Red Cafe. Cassie's just, like, looking gorgeous in the pool. Yeah, she does. Like, oh, my God. Riding jet skis. Story of, like, the story of Recognizes Life in a nutshell is we're out on, uh, I guess, Star Island, it's, it's called. Yeah. Ripping jet skis, probably going 90 miles an hour real life. And then I guess there's a speed limit for the jet skis in the island. I guess. We get off. Yeah. Recognize gets on. He's going like 25 miles an hour. Gets pulled over. Oh, they my God. Him. He gets in trouble. And we're all just like, whoop. Oh, so, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, but again, I, I, I think Puff was just kind of like, what are you guys up to? Yeah. You guys are making noise. and I kind of want to see what's up. But I want you to make noise in my house. Yeah, make noise. But it <laughs> noise was, violations. He did a great yeah. host. And like, he was like, wait, we need to say grace. Like, cool. Wow. And like, wait. I, what did okay? So we yeah, we just had know. Andrew Barber on the podcast from okay. Pitchfork yeah, Drive, yeah, yeah. and he was talking about how uh, Puffy made a speech. Well, yeah, Andrew went down to to Puff's mansion, mm-hmm. and like Fabulous was just like waiting around the pool. You know and, what I mean? You know, he went in with Trinidad James, and mm-hmm. they it was like the middle of the night, and he was just like, "Whatever you want, just have right. like some drinks, I have mean, some food." Dude, the steak dinner was legitimately there was probably like forty three steaks, and there was like twelve of us. Right. Like, so he knew he knew someone's coming over. Yeah, right? and the place is beautiful, you know. That's He's awesome. got a good life. Yeah, He's got I a mean, good life. yeah. Um, I <laughs> remember you, you know, played. Didn't you play uh, Summer Jam like at the the festival stage? Yeah. in in New York. Yeah, and I remember you guys collectively all got on stage at a certain point. Was it Candy Rain yeah, that you guys danced to? So for real, that's wow. amazing. Yeah. Like, who? Where does that come from? Uh sisters, it's, man. Yeah, having sisters and and listening to Soul for Real growing up and just loving that. And I just, it's just one of those things that just naturally happens. You're rehearsing, you're like, man, this would be really cool. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, in can, I think it's Candy. I'm like, her lip talk, her lip gloss tastes like candy. Yeah, and we just like, eh, Candy Rain, let's do it, let's go on the dance. <laughs> but uh, no moments, moments on top of moments. That's when I met met Redman and Method Man at. At uh, Giant Stadium. And Redman gave me the biggest hug and, like, spun me around. Like, it was like Casablanca or something. Or, like, <laughs> like Scooter and Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah, much yeah, how you yeah, guys yeah. love each other. And uh, <laughs> and uh, he just said, yo, man, keep it fun. And that was real. And Method Meth Man and I, Method Man was in uh, The Neighbor with, uh, oh, not the, the Babysitter with uh, Jonah Hill. Uh-huh. Yep. And I ended up going to the premiere with Meth and just, like, chilling and watching <laughs> the, the Babysitter with him. And then right when his part comes on, he gets up and goes like, "All right, I'm good. I'm done." <laughs> he watches his part and leaves. So, but those are the again, those are the experiences you have along the way. You're like, this is tight. Like, life is fucking tight. Yeah. You know? So I'm gonna just keep rolling, rolling with the punches. Okay. So first album cycle like yeah. winds down. Now you're back in the studio, dude. I guess so. We kind of pull it off, not really. So like, we make a cohesive album based off of basically I love college and like how do we make sure that this this song doesn't stick out like a sore thumb so we make a sleep in the bread aisle and it does like reasonably well but with with um with I love college going two times platinum uh when we sold 300,000 copies of a sleep in the bread aisle they're just like mm. you know it wasn't that it wasn't that good yo today that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's such a crazy different time. It's really hard to like compare. But like so, this happens. And meanwhile, see, people don't know the shit at all. Meanwhile, Universal is getting bought by Lucian Grange mm-hmm. and going through a whole sh- like shakeup. Mm-hmm. So SRC folds, and then they're trying to like they're like Ash, you're a middle range artist, right? So you're not Kanye, Lil Wayne, Rihanna, Justin Bieber on the top of Universal. You're somewhere here in the middle, and like we don't know what to do with you right now. Let's throw you in the studio with Pharrell. 
Pharrell will know what to do. You yeah. know what I mean? He will make a hit. And of course, I'm like, and we, we recorded some really cool music, yes, in 10 days, but again, like... Where is this, Miami? Miami. Yeah. Yeah, so we're in with Pharrell, like, Pitbull sends babes over. Pitbull's <laughs> ambitious, bro, like, unbelievable. Like, Wait, did you say he's ambitious or he, he has bitches? Both. Yeah. Yeah, very, very much both, yeah. So, like, um, you know, we're having fun in Miami and we record these records, but again, like, we went into the, the like, we went into those studio sessions with, like, Scooter... With the impression, uh, goes to Pharrell, like, I need hit records. There was no, hey, Pharrell, let's just make some music and see what happens. And I feel like if Pharrell and I were able to go into the studio with, like, no rules, mm -hmm. like, awesome. But when you tell a producer of, of Pharrell's intelligence that, hey, we need hit records, right. he's suddenly operating with only this part of his brain. You're like, right. I need to operate from the hit side. So everything was very obvious like we made a record about a pool party and shit like that which is cool well, it's stuff that you know and like <laughs> it's safe it's super yeah. safe so ultimately you know in while this is happening um we have these records that are cool but they're not like whoa this is very important right and bieber's blowing up at the same time so i'm in this lull where steve rifkin's gone you know what i mean universal is going through a whole shape shift Bieber's blowing up, so Scooter's over there, and the records with Pharrell aren't no-brainers. So we're in this like weird place where now we're, we have money that just got spent on a lot of studio time and needs to be recouped, and there's nothing, like, there's nobody, because again, Scooter's over here now, so there's nobody really dedicated to the project. And that's when I'm like, I'm on my own. I'm on my own for sure. So that's now I'm in New York. I moved to New York and I do Sear Foie Gras with Quincy Cranberry. And right. This is a mixtape. This is the first step of like, I'm just going to do what I can do with my own resources. So yeah. I'm rapping over Dilla beats. I'm rapping over Rizza beats. I'm rapping over Pharrell joints and like all this stuff. Yeah, that so that's I, more true to you. Yeah, more stuff that like I gravitate towards. And I'm just like, yeah. this is all I know what to do. This is what got me attention in the first place. I'm just going to go back to like just rapping over my shit. And I think that was the first step in kind of just like, I'm going to go on my own. What is Scooter's reaction to this? Scooter doesn't listen to Jay Dilla. Do you know what I mean? He has right. like he's just like this is cool. You know what I mean? This isn't gonna make you any money. But like again, like I'm a firm believer in foundational sewer sewer system work. Like water your soil, take yeah. care of that shit. You know that's what's gonna infrastructure. Yeah. And like coming in with I Love College, you skip all of this stuff that like you really need to learn in the creative process like just touring DIY touring like right. all of the, like you need well, to because if you only have that one song basically like, or like that sound like that audience it, they don't stick with you and not, and not only that I'm coming out to sold out shows yeah right off the jump and I'll, I know a lot of artists are going through that right now you need to play shows for 8 people yeah you have to play shows for 16 people who have no idea who you are if you don't you get accustomed to this life that's, for the most part, not real. It's not a, a genuine musical experience. When you play to those eight people, is it like, you know, like the SNL guys mm -hmm. will say that, like, when a sketch is bombing, mm -hmm. they yeah. just double down and go for it. Mm -hmm. Have yeah. you had that experience? Well, yeah. I mean, a very crazy experience for me was you guys were there at, oh, at the Hannibal Burst. Yeah. So, like, sure. I come in there. First of all, I'm not even really supposed to be there. I'm fresh off a plane in sweats and a Detroit <laughs> Tigers hoodie. Do you remember yeah, yeah. this? Yeah. So, I'm looking like Eminem, first of all. In <laughs> Brooklyn playing new music um, with a band and I'm sick as fuck I'm getting there trying to sing and I go in and I'm just like just doing this like new shit and everyone's like yeah right and peace out and I <laughs> decided to tough you, that yeah, out yeah you jumped in the crowd yeah 
and you, you had walked fun. around and yeah. you were walking. It was were, like a conga line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did the we did the whole Soul Train thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. But that was a great experience. It's cool that you guys were there for that too, because that was very much of an experience of just like you got to make this work, bro. Like yep. this is these people aren't here for you. They're here for Hannibal Burst, and they're not interested in your music right. or what you're doing. So, good luck. And I remember like that whole experience was weird for me because I'm fresh off a plane. I'm with like. Uh, Jaffet and like New York kids I'm yeah. with like kids that are in New York and they're just like and I'm like I take performing seriously I don't smoke yeah. and I don't drink before I before I play I'm very much present when this happens and it's something that I do I, I take it seriously so Jaffet's like hey man smoke a joint and loosen up and like the girls from Broad City are there yeah, 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 and yeah. like Neil Brennan and all these like funny really really smart people are Jean there Gene Gray Leslie uh, Jones was there too you know what I mean oh, yeah, yeah, sure. so I'm just like now I'm just like stoned and just like <laughs> I'm in a Detroit Tiger city. I don't even like the Detroit Tiger. I'm in sweatpants. Wait, so you're like, like overthinking at this yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then it turns into this like, experience. But again, man, I look at that experience. I'm like, if I can survive that in Brooklyn with my peers, yeah. and like really smart peers, I can survive anything. Right. Yeah. In front of It's the Real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you guys were dope because yeah. I get off stage and goes like, hey, man, like, yeah. keep going. Yeah. Basically, you know what I mean? It was dope. like, hey, man, just like, that sucks, but keep going. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what... The, those lessons have been have been huge for me. So second album. So when we, do you get to turn it so in? So this is Spaghetti Tree because Chad Hugo walks in to the record and listens to the records that we have. And again, they're not bad. Like they're cool. Listens um, to the Pharrell records. The Pharrell records. Yeah. Because so if we've if we've missed, we've got the Greenhouse Effect Volume One in Atlanta, uh, and then I Love College drops on MySpace, and we make a Sleep in the Bread Eye with Ornuel after that. So now. The we're on tour, finishing up the tour with Kid Cudi and B.O.B., the Great Hangover tour. Go on tour with Blink-182 uh, for the reunion tour. And now it's like, now you've got to come out with a second album. So let's send you, let's do a hot rapper and a hot producer. Let's give you to Pharrell. So we're in the, in the studio with Pharrell. Things don't work out, blah, blah, blah. So Chad Hugo walks in. He goes, man, these... This tree makes me feel, these songs make me feel like spaghetti. And like, it <laughs> just like said smoke pot. I was like, oh man, it's the spaghetti tree. So that stuck for those recordings. And if that were, if those recordings came out, they would still be called the spaghetti tree. But again, it's just like an idea that just got scrapped. Mm-hmm. And so again, a lot of this like waiting around and all this major label jargon that's just like, you've got to ask for permission and you have to, it's like when it's your time, when you're up, you're up, but like you got to wait. And I'm just like not down with that. So with the spaghetti tree being on hold, coming back from Miami, I'm back in New York, and I'm just like, I'm just going to rap. So I do seared foie gras with Clinton Cranberry. Um, and it's a good reception. Mm-hmm. It gets on Dat Piff, and people are like, whoa, this is kind of tight, but nobody really heard it. If you look at if you look at it, it might have like 38,000 views, which is kind of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just keep going, and I do the Roth EP. Which, yeah, you went down to, to yeah. Virginia. So Knotts and I worked on the first album together with a joint that only came out on the UK called You Are You, but we had really good chemistry. So from those recordings, we had like Enforce the Law and Don't You Want to Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers flip. <laughs> and we just like... We just, it was just very easy. Like, not sets it up and I knock it down. Like, we just had a system. Like, he's not out here trying to do too much and, and neither am I. So it always, like, we could work really, really fast. Um, and he was cool with, like, you know, when you're in with Pharrell, 
it's a different experience because he's like, I need you to tweak this and tweak this and try this and do this, and I'm going to throw this on there. Right. And with Knots, it's like, I'm rapping. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll throw an effect on there. But this Was is he raw shit. that you didn't do any songs about pool parties? I don't know. <laughs> it's possible because, you know, Knots does want to break through, but I think that he was pretty cool with me keeping it, like, rough and rugged. So, But again, this is a, a huge thing for me to sharpen my sword. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And just, like, work through rhyming and just getting better at rhyming and being part of it. So Knots and I put out the Roth EP, and again, like, Man, Brain Bangley took that photo against the wall, like, of the basement. If you look at the Roth EP cover, that's just us in the basement right before a show. And next thing you know, we get to play Paid Dues. And Paid Dues Festival with me and, Ro- uh, me and Knott's, like, that's an interesting move because those are independent underground artists. Mm. And so now, now I'm emerging in the underground hip-hop world. That was completely shunning me at the time yeah. because like, this dude's way too mainstream and way too white. You right, know? right, right. So here I am with Sir Gone Roth, and like it's hard to say this dude can't rap. It's hard to say that you can right. hate me, but you you can't really say this is not. He's not good. So uh, that's when I'm starting to like figure out like, hey, this indie route might be kind of tight. And Peter Rosenberg came over to the New York, uh, my New York apartment, and he was basically like, he heard what we were doing with the Sir Gras and then like heard the Pharrell records as well. And he goes, you should, you know, keep doing this rap shit. Like this is, this is going to be cool because these other records are very obvious and I think they'll just hurt you in the long run. But also like that's the most Peter Rosenberg. (laughs) Very, very correct. Yeah. And like he's, he's, you know, he loves underground hip hop, but at the same time, man, I'm not interested in being a second class citizen in rap music. Again, I don't want to just like rap for 50 people in Maryland and like Mm. just make by and then like have another job. I'm not interested in that. I want to contribute. I want to do it to the most amount of people that I could possibly do it for. Uh, so yeah, where are we at now? So now, so so Universal is consolidating, yeah. dude. I mean, and like, I just don't have a place there. And okay, this they, is this then they bring leads. you over to Def Jam, right? Well, before that, they tried me on Republic, and I put out a record called Grind. Okay, so here I was with Get Ready, It's a New Day, which everybody was like, "This is tight," but again, like, here you have this party kid who's now rapping about social injustice, right? And they're just like, "Yeah, right, dude." But Rich Isaacson was a huge champion. Of it. Rich Isaacson is Steve Rifkin's partner, and he was a huge fan of it, and he was the only one that kind of championed it. Was allowed allowed me to get a, a video shot for it and everything. But again, like, wrong place, wrong time. They just had other things going on. They had other, and like it was just like cool, but whatever. So I moved to LA. After the whole grind stuff and a couple singles, I leave New York. I move to L.A. for the first time. No car. Uh, <laughs> completely bummed out, and I make paps and jazz. Also, by the way, this is before Uber, so is, what are you doing to get around this yeah, place? Yeah, man, you're relying on friends, but again, you pretty much just fall into depression, and you make paps and jazz in a broom closet. So shout out to the Blended Babies. That's yeah. when I link with the Blended Babies, my man JP, and him and I would just like, I ended up getting like Ninja Turtles arcade game. <laughs> And a ping pong table, and we just hung out at the house. You really were depressed. It, I mean, it's just like L- LA can be really lonely. Yeah, you know, of course. Like, like, so, especially without a car. Oh man, if you're not if you're not mobile here and you can't get out, it's just kind of. Did whatever. you ever consider just like getting into a porn career? A little bit. <laughs> I still am, man. Like, but it was like a masked porn career. I wanted yeah, okay. to do like kind of yeah. like yeah. masks because <laughs> there's so much money in porn. Although masks, like with porn, creepy, remind yeah. me of um, R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, it's a little <laughs> creepy. I, I, I won't even get into amazing R. Kelly gifts that so, I have. So you move out here. Bieber's out here, no? Yeah, I mean, at this time, they're so... They're, they're on their, they're like, rocking. My World, and My World 2.0, and My World 3.0, and so, they're, like, they're just on there. And Scooter's out here. Yeah. So, where is Scooter in your career at this point? Gone, completely gone. Like, but you're still signed there? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's so, uh, basically, the last hurrah was this Def Jam play. I do Paps and Jazz, and it's getting a really solid reception. People are like, 
Astros found a sound. There's a sound here. And we did like dope shit. And again, some of the stuff with the 1500s off of the grind and common knowledge and in the kitchen with Chuck. And I had my my players and my team. And so Def Jam kind of hears it and they're going through it. And uh, they're like, hey, one last hurrah. We'll try. And like, it's always a joke. Like when all my friends, I'm like, hey, remember that time when I was on Def Jam? You know, <laughs> it's like, it's cool. But at the same time, it was such a joke because uh, we did Party Girl with Meek Mill. And I couldn't even get a video shot for it. And it's just like, we sold 35,000 copies of that in like a day or two. Right. And that's when Rifkin and Scooter kind of perked up again. They're like, oh, wait, Asher still like sells. You know what I mean? Like, mm. this is tight. Why do you think you couldn't get a video shot? They just didn't want to allocate any funds to me. And it's just like, when I saw... Def Jam didn't. Yeah, right. Def yeah. Jam didn't. And like, they were like, you guys do all the work with no resources, and then we take all the credit. Right. Dude, I, I mean, it just is what it is. After my... uh a sleep in the bread out. So they gave me three hundred thousand dollars to make a sleep in the bread out. Cool. I take that money and like people don't understand like three hundred thousand dollars is not a lot of money to do a studio out. Correct. It's cool, but like you know, all of that is wrapped up in marketing and all of that is wrapped up in like shit that you don't even know what they spend it on, uh, tour support, things of that nature. So it's not that much money. We make it happen. We make it work. Um, so 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 just do the math here. Three hundred thousand dollars. I'll even go to say that if my or- overages were what my overages were, maybe $400,000. Maybe. I sold two, thou- uh, two, uh, two million copies of Isle of College for, let's say, a dollar a piece. It's mm-hmm. $2 million. And then 300 albums, 300,000 albums at $10 an album. When that cycle was done, when my kind of that fiscal year was done, um, Universal came back to me and told me that I owed them a million dollars. And I was like, I'm not very good at math, <laughs> but, but you got to see in math. This so. makes yeah, yeah. no, this makes zero sense. And that was my moment when I was like, this is not good. And so I sat with Steve Rifkin. I was like, hey, Steve, same thing when you said Scooter. I can't not say this to you. I right. need you to know that like I'm not happy with this. So I'm sitting with Steve and I go, hey, Steve, I've got a bill here for a million dollars and this makes zero sense. Can you please tell me where this money went? And he goes, I don't know. Maybe either I or Scooter have it. And I was like, what, bro? Like, you guys are gangsters. Like, yeah. you're straight thugs. So it's like, it's cool. And, and like, again, Scooter is like, big bro, whatever, whatever. And, and Steve Rifkin is legitimately like my uncle. When mm-hmm. I see him, it's so love. But like, from what was happening then, it was just like, this, I can't win. I can't win. I either have to like do very like obvious candy coated records. And, and they hit you with the compromise of like, hey, do these two or three records. Like, they sent me Young and Wild and Free. That was Khalifa record. And they're like, really? They sent me that shit, and they're like, uh, they sent me a joint that Sam Adams ended up doing called Sunset Boulevard. I hope you guys missed that. I don't anyway, know that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big Sammy Adams fan, <laughs> I know. so like, I don't miss one. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure you saw that, and it's, it's magnificent. But they yeah. sent me these very obvious records, and they're like, if you do these records, then the rest of the album can be yours. And it's like, that's cool and all, but like fans and casual music listeners are only going to hear those two or three like really obvious terrible songs. Right. And that's what people are going to come to the shows for and you have to perform those for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so it got like, I love college, I'm cool with that. Very honest, genuine record. I'm cool right. with that. But you start piling on other obvious records that suddenly suddenly you're doing radio shows, suddenly you're you're around people you don't want to be around and now you're involved in a career that you look around and you don't know anybody. Yeah, you're flow rider. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is cool because you're paid. Yeah, but and like, but, but like for somebody with your personality, I don't think I that mean, you're and exactly. So it's just like I was looking around. I was like, "This is this is going. You're going the wrong way." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I kind of just was like, "Hey, 
let's just get back to it. So that's when uh, after after Paps and Jazz again, like Def Jam tried to put that out as an album. We we tried to be like, hey, this is like there's some samples here, but they didn't want to clear samples, and it was all like this just like headache. So we just put it out for free with Dat Piff, um, and I think that's when. That's when I realized, like, I, I can do this. So super love to Scoot and all those dudes, but I just, I left them. And, I, and like, it took me a while and took some very honest conversations because I'm sure at any moment they could be like, hey, man, like, look at these contracts. But we did some rewiring and a lot of, like, unplugging. Mm-hmm. And he was just basically like, if you really feel this way, uh, you can go. And so, you know, from, from you know, Sir uh, Foie Gras, I guess, to about Paps and Jazz, we spent a lot of time unplugging from the mainstream. So just real quick before we continue on that, wasn't there one last sort of play where they wanted to link you and Bieber and have you guys do music together? Yeah, I mean, we or did he, that. You submitted did something remix. for your album? Yes. Yeah, so or Boyfriend Remix? Was yeah, that? we did yeah. the Boyfriend Remix. And that was tight. I mean, at the ga- at again, like, Bieber's always been a fan of mine, you mm-hmm. know, and Scooter and Allison, they both like know that. And I think it's always just been kind of how do you naturally integrate it? Because Bieber's a very polarizing, huge figure. So, uh, Wait, Justin Bieber? Yeah. He, oh, okay. so he popped up on uh, Greenhouse Effect Volume 2 with the record Acting Up. Mm-hmm. I wrote a record for Rai Rai called Acting Up, and I just wanted Rai Rai on it. And then Scooter was playing records because he, he had that, and he played it for Justin and Chris Brown mm-hmm. in the studio. And they're like, dude, this is tight. We got to jump on it. So the funny thing is, like, like Justin jumped on that when he was, like, 17 years old, right? And we wanted to put it out, but, you know, they're very protective over Beeb. So it's just like, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. So Beeb had to re-record his verse three times because he's, like, in the beginning, he's like, 17 years old, I'm about to act up because I'm so fly. And then he had to change it. 18 years old, and I got to act up because I'm so fly. And then I think the final one is, like, 19 years old, and I got to act up because I'm so fly. But we finally got to put it out. But uh, I actually think it would be cooler to make tunes with Bieber now than before like I know he's working with like Post Malone and some cats so he I think he's still capable I think Sorry and all that stuff is probably oh, his best tremendous yeah. yeah also you know what look like we've been talking about he had to find his voice completely but again like man and and under so the many most people, bright spotlight so many people telling him what to do man, and who to be and yeah. like I you know we, we, we watch that and I could totally relate because man I remember very early on like the reason why my hair is long is almost because they're like cut your hair and shave your face and you do appeal to 13 year old white girls i was like what <laughs> like and when my hair was like a little bit longer in new york and i'm just kind of chilling and just working on music they're like you know like, there's this upkeep of like being pretty you know what i mean it's just like this is not tight like you have you would have to keep up a facade and it's like a game of like keeping a balloon up in the air right mm-hmm. and it's just like exhausting completely draining. but now bieber is you know growing his hair long and the mustache yep. yeah, 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 yeah. he's trying to steal your swag i know man <laughs> you know we paved the way for a lot of kids have yeah you, have you, you ever the jackie robinson of growing your hair long have, in. have you ever yeah. played tennis with bieber uh ping pong dude he's good <laughs> he's good at ping pong. he's a beast at ping pong yeah he's you actually see- like low-key not to get too deep into it but he's kind of the golden child like he picks up any like that might be the thing is like <laughs> he everything he picks up he's good at soccer ball you know yeah. hockey stick blah blah, well, blah what's like one like minor thing he's bad at i have no idea <laughs> i have no idea Mario Kart, staying out of the yeah. press. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah staying out of the press. Mario yeah. Kart. Uh, he definitely ain't, doesn't have the Mario Kart magic. So how do you how do you transition out of this very low place for yourself? The uh, freaking internet, dude. Yeah, the internet. Yeah, the, the band, the internet. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But even then, so it's like 
you just find people who are on the same and like on the same wave on the same wave yeah. like and you stick or stay around those people and like you know Chuck English is one of my my best friends and we go through this all the time like just and talking about this stuff and having these conversations because the more you talk about it the more you understand like you start to figure out that people feel the same way that you do and you're not in this by yourself and and, and blah 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 so I just used social media to comp- continue to develop a voice and still am you know I think I think still am but um friends man friends for sure uh because you do I, I, like around paps and jazz it was just it was pretty much just me and jp and you did feel like you were kind of going at it by yourself i remember hearing that you were living on the african coast or something isn't that true no i wasn't living when i like were it, you vacationing yeah there? i was in kenya and uh, uh nairobi oh and... i thought you were on the west coast no no oh, okay no. never mind hmm. That'd be tight, though. I'm. I what, mean, what, was, what were you doing? At, just vacationing. Yeah, yeah. I was dating, uh, dating a wealthy, a wealthy friend at the time. You were Jay Electronic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were out and about, but um, yeah. I mean, all that stuff again, like Dilla, the Dillas of the world and Afro funk music and stuff like that really appeals to me, and I love it. But like, you know, I'm a long haired, blonde haired, blonde white kid, so it's like. I've got to be really careful about that stuff, sure. like mm-hmm. uh, just cultural in general, and like you know, if I wanted to add like percussion instruments to my sets and stuff like that. I mean, you saw Paul Simon. I was just going to say, gonna say got a yeah. lot of got a lot of like Flat. hate, yeah, yeah. For, oh for sure for what he was doing. So and especially now, I mean, racial tensions are very real, and yep. I've got to understand and be sensitive to where I'm at in mm-hmm. in black culture mm-hmm. and what I represent, and and you know continue to develop that voice and where I where I truly stand because you know growing up uh across the bridge from Trent New Jersey I'm I was surrounded by black kids growing up so right. like it's not something I've always been super like sensitive to in regards to, like this is just how it is I didn't right. I didn't grow up in just like a super wealthy white area like we grew up in in pretty middle class Morrisville Pennsylvania that's like down by the Morrisville pool and like you know Trenton kids were, were intermingled with us right but now and in coming into 2016 in hip-hop and you see you know what Macklemore is dealing with and, and what he feels he has to has to take on and and stuff like that and I know that at some point that conversation is going to swing in my direction, especially if you get big enough for people to be like, well, you're a white kid in hip hop. Now what? So I just, you know, I just hope that through my travels and everything that I've been doing, again, with authenticity and integrity, people look at it like, hey, man, like you deserve to be here. Wait, so tell us, are there any are there any collaborations that that almost came to be or that you have records for Kanye West, dude. What? Kanye, Kanye's verse on Kid Cudi's I'll Make a Say Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, was for the Isle of College remix. Wow. So I love college. You know, it was like old enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. That whole shit. That wasn't the, for the Isle of College No remix. kidding. And then, but Cudi, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Like, Cudi got a really strong advance. And, yeah. like, they needed to make sense of that. That was your universal brethren right you know there. You know what so. I'm saying? That's yeah. my dude. Like, yeah. Cudi and I have been Double through a lot of freshman shit, cover. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. That's my dude. So, Sylvia Rohn signed Stabbed Cudi. you right in the bed now. Enough. Yeah. And I, I root for Cudi, and he's done the same thing where he's just like, this is all bullshit. I'm just going to do me. So, uh, and I respect that. But, yeah, so when that was happening, they needed to they needed to take care of their boy. Yeah, you know what I mean, so they ended, cut, uh, Kanye jumped on that, and all, all fine and dandy. But that's probably the closest collaboration that prob- that would have been pretty life changing. Um, yeah, you do you have that record like yourself? The Somewhere? recording itself, no. Yeah, I don't. okay. I was gonna say I mean, like, but you well, can sort of make that. Some, yeah. some nerd on the internet can. Make yeah. That. No, sure. I was gonna say like you know when you do a DJ gig or something like that, yeah, you just drop that. that. It's just like yeah. that's pretty satisfying. Yeah, pretty dope. So you're living out here. Do you find yourself running into a lot of people in the business? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super seen. 
any. I'm not really seeny. I'm not like. Uh, but even at, like if you go to the Grove and you're like, yeah. I just want to go to Barnes and Noble. Do you run yeah. into you know someone just Maria, walking by? What's her name? Maria Stri- Maria Striver. What's her Striver. Name? Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> Is that her name? No, I don't think Maria, Maria Striver. Striver. That's yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Why? ex-wife. Yeah. No, it wasn't her. But it's like her, her name is like that. <laughs> okay. I forget what she's so, in. Sure. But people yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, Eric uh, and I saw Jason Alexander at the Grove twice. Yeah, and I know, once, and then um, who who do we see? Oh, Molly Shannon. Molly we saw Shannon. Like a bunch. <laughs> yeah. I saw a little Dicky at the Grove. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. So you got I'm I'm curious yeah. about if you guys yeah. are into that or not. Mm-mm. Not really. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm yeah. into that. Yeah. I'm yeah. into that. Cool. Just being honest. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I feel you. Um, but I saw him at the Grove. You know what we saw the other day at the Grove? Captain Kirk from the Roots. Sick. Yeah. 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 They were just probably in town for the jam session. Well that and and Fallon and the whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is Fallon's out here? They did it they for did a week. For a week. Oh, for okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Actually Questlove has a thing tonight. Dope. Where? At uh at Noy House. House. If you want to go. Yeah, he's the dude, man. My Questlove story is pretty funny. Uh he did the um, musical direction for Amy Schumer, Inside Amy Schumer. Yes. And if you go back and actually listen, listen now, on uh, season one, they wanted to use Lark on My Go-Kart, the beat. And so Quest hits me up personally because, you know, that's how you get stuff done. So he's yeah. like, hey, man, can you clear this so we can use it? And, of course, like, he's hit me. I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm still plugged in with Universal at the time. So Universal was like, for $100,000 or whatever they asked for. And Quest is like, yeah, right, interpolation. So if you listen to the first season of Amy <laughs> Schumer, it's like this really janky oh my bumper God. song that should have been Lark on My Go-Kart. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 so tell us about the, the latest project. So, uh, again, like we're kind of just working with what we have what we got, you know what I mean, with the resources we have. So, um, you know, Jump Ahead, we did Greenhouse Effect Volume 2, just again to, to pay homage to what we did with, with Greenhouse Effect Volume 1. And then we did Retro Hash, which was my first experience in – and independent music. Right. And again, like, no no money to put that out. We recorded that in a living room that was pretty much a heroin day. So what, like a, like a $300,000? You know what yeah. I mean? Like maybe, maybe 400000 yeah, Maybe like yeah. 20K overall at, at the end of the day. But uh, uh, yeah, we just we were able to put that out through In Grooves. And then my first experience of like what you really need to succeed. I mean, like, again, these media companies and these labels, they're really plugged in and they're, they win for reasons. So I got to look behind the curtain on some real shit without anybody else, like keeping secrets from me. And you really learn how the business works. So, uh, that was cool. That was, that was dope. And we, we were able to tour and and again, add music to what we were doing and add some substance and some content and a little more color to the, to the picture. And just recently, we linked up with uh, Knots again and paid homage to the Roth project that we did and brought in Travis Barker, who has been playing the drums over Knots stuff for a while. So And also wait, who you, you toured who, with. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this is something that we've been, you know, if you look at the threads, everything really makes sense. There's nothing that is kind of, compl- ah, that doesn't make sense. So Travis put us on the Blink-182 tour. So he was like, hey, these guys would make some really dope openers. You should bring them on. So, man. Good dude? The best. Yeah. The best. Him and Usher are probably the two nicest people in the, on the planet. No, not a pretentious bone in their body. Wow. So Travis... Uh, what about Mark Hoppus? I'm not sure, man. Mark's a funny guy, you know? He's a funny steeze. What but, about uh, Mark Roth? <laughs> what about Mark Roth? Uh, yeah, man. It's pretty cool that you guys are actually letting me tell this story because this is something that people really don't hear at all. Of no, course. Like I said, like, it's going to be like a five-minute thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's all city, city, city. Yeah. Listen, Asher, we're so appreciative you came through. Thank you, guys. It just took yeah, us to come across the country to make the happen. Absolutely. But, but when you're in New York, let's come back and do it. Absolutely, little, right? man. I appreciate you guys. Of course. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If you want to hear episodes like this, 
you could rewind this one and listen to it again, or you can check it out on SoundCloud and iTunes and rate, subscribe, download, tell a friend. Jeff, you want to tell a friend? I do want to tell a friend. Which friend do you want to tell? I wish I had a friend to tell. I, I don't. Oh, you have zero friends? Uh, yeah, this week it's a bummer. Oh, well, what if I tell two friends? Who are you going to tell? I was going to tell Greg Mayo and Shitsuke Akeda. Oh, wow. They should listen to this podcast. Great. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, you want to do this again next week? Check on it next week. Check on my availability next week. Keep them around. Who, who, who can we ask about that? Greg Mayo and Shinsuke Akeda. All right. All right.